She's Tori. And he's Nick. And this is I Want to Rewatch. An X-Files adjacent podcast. In search of... Immortality. This episode was written and produced by Alex Pomantinov. It was edited by Scott Guerin with assistance by George Kopanis. The series is hosted and narrated by Leonard Nimoy. And it originally aired on Monday, February 27th, 1978. (sighs) Most of us will live for a billion heartbeats. Within that span of time, we'll have reached old age. Today, however, aging and death are becoming less inevitable. We are moving closer to the dream of immortality. And then they have a weird sci-fi like montage. Like if you like just took random bits from the episode and just put them all together with some music. It's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. So they're getting their money's worth on that heartbeat sound effects. Fortunately, ours was free. Mm-hmm. And then the opening theme song. Victoria is not going to do. Dun, 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 dun. Well, I, that was Indiana it. Jones. What was that? <laughs> it was Indiana Jones. I don't know. I can't, for whatever reason, I can't get that song in my head. I don't know. I'm not a music person. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> Laboratory mice appear young and healthy. They are, by human equivalent, over 100 years old. <gasps> Experiments indicate that our lifespan might also be greatly extended. We have sought forever to understand the mystery of why we grow old. Now that goal is coming within our grasp. In search of immortality. <gasps> It's probably a good time for the full reminder. This series presents information based in part on theory and conjecture. The producer's purpose is to suggest some possible explanations, but not necessarily the only ones, to the mysteries we will examine. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So I have a lot of thoughts and feelings on this episode, but one of my hot takes is just, man, there is so much footage of people running. They just, like, use this footage of a marathon and it is just constant also then later there's like a woman jogging like there's just on people the running all yeah. over the place yeah yeah so. she is super fit though man i think she has like negative body fat you can like Probably. see all the tendons in her shoulder and shit when she's running so, yeah yeah also assuming an average 60 beats per minute which is actually low for an average a billion heartbeats is only like 32 years so um i guarantee that no one we see running has got a Beats permitted of only 60 heartbeats. So, and also right. extra boo, much like last time, and my like they didn't talk about Frank Sign at all. Like, I kind of don't want to go in search of like the science of anti aging and longevity and cryogenics in the 1970s. I want elixirs of life and packs of the devil and turning lead into gold and all that fun shit. That's what I want. Me it's too. Yeah. I want like alchemy oh. and I want to hear about weird people who have tried to extend their lives through like really misguided means and it didn't work. And mm-hmm. like, that's what I want. I want those stories. Yeah. I mean, we had the Comte de Saint Germain earlier, yes. but that was kind of more about him as opposed to, you know, immortality itself. So, yeah. So we start a marathon and the sound effects of the heartbeat again. Dun, dun, dun. And then we're just going to be some more narration because what the hell? Why not? They use a nice analogy here that it kind of explains the running. So we might as well use it. Like distance runners on a measured course, 
all of us will move through time in a roughly predictable manner. In the first stage of our lives, we develop and grow, reaching toward an ultimate peak of physical vitality. As we mature, however, the body begins an irreversible process of gradually wearing out. A new awareness of physical fitness may help prolong our years of health and vigor, yet nothing we do will work to halt the inevitable force of aging. And I'm kind of like, okay, episode's over. Then I guess we're not going to work. There's your solution. You can try what you want, (laughs) but nothing's going to work and we're all going to die. The end. Yep. So they start out the episode just by giving us a list of how things start to break down as you age, like obviously your cells, your immune system. I mean, you know, like the stuff in your hair breaks down and that's why it starts turning white because the, yeah. I forget what it is, but like the stuff that makes your hair colored, you know, you lose it. Melanin. Mel- yeah, melanin. <laughs> yeah. I'm a scientist. Toliko, how could you forget? <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so basically, as you get older, your body stops recovering as quickly. You have cells die. I think Radiolab had a really good episode about that, and I could not find which one it was. I think it's one of the really early ones, but it was really fascinating. So, But yeah, they're like lungs, muscles, your heart, your blood, your joints, um, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Eventually, the body encounters a stress, and boom, you're dead. I mean, that's not how they put it, but more or less, yeah. Something goes wrong and that's it. Your body can't recover and bam, death. Mm -hmm. Since our earliest history, we have been enchanted by the idea of prolonging life and recapturing lost youth. Again, it would be far more interesting to look for like fountains of youth and stuff, I feel like. But anyway. And then we talk a little bit about how there used to be alchemists searching for the elixir of life. Yes. Woo. Yes, yes, yes. And then we talk about in 1919, a rejuvenation procedure was introduced by a Russian-born scientist, Serge Voronov. And he's actually French. Well, he's not French. He's Russian-born, but he actually was in France when this happened. I looked it up. Anyway, because I was suspicious by the Russian-born part. So always got to check. Anyway, he basically put chimp balls into people, mm-hmm. and uh, it made him a millionaire. But then it kind of ended when his patient started dying from syphilis. Um, episode says they got syphilis from the chimps. I'm not really sure that was what happened. I think they probably started just banging because they were vitality now and got syphilis from like other people. But anyway, um, because in <laughs> most cases, they all got it at the same time. So I think it was from a common source. Oh, um, oh, maybe, maybe they were infected monkey balls, but yeah, mm-hmm. but basically, I mean, basically all those cells just got rejected immediately and no one knew. So yeah, they weren't, mm-hmm. it was all like placebo action. Anyway, his procedure was junk. But it did lead to work with testosterone because people were investigating his work and why he was saying it was working and kind of maybe didn't. But anyway, and then also it was the inspiration for the adventure of the creepy man, the Sherlock Holmes story by Arthur Conan Doyle. Nice. That story takes place in 1903, I believe, but it was written in 1923. Anyway, it happened after the fact, but, you know, all the Sherlock Holmes stuff supposed to take place earlier. So. Mm -hmm. So we visit a youth spa in the Bahamas and meet Dr. Elliot Goldwag. He wrote some books in the 1970s, and he has also appeared in television and movies, including The Lost World, Jurassic Park, one of the better sequels. We just can't get away from Jurassic Park. (laughs) Where they also end up on the mainland. Yay. That was good. That was how you do it. You have T-Rex rampaging through San Diego. It was solid. I enjoyed it. Anyway, (laughs) tune in again next week for more Jurassic Park opinions. (laughs) 
He was also in End of Days, How I Met Your Mother, Thick as Thieves, and Ally McBeal. Usually playing an old scientist or someone's grandfather or both. Yeah. So at this spa, we see rich people who are paying for steam baths and they listen to like these sleep relaxation tapes and they do like these facial peels that help them regain the shine of their lost youth. Now you can just buy like a gel peel mask from Target for like $5 and probably get the same effect. I mean, they are kind of nice. They do kind of make you feel like maybe your pores are cleaned out, but I don't think it really does that much. They get massages and warm seawater baths. Oh, and they also drink this live chicken embryo cocktail, which does not sound. Uh, you missed. You skipped the part where the lady was being sprayed with a car wash hose, basically. Oh, right. <laughs> the high pressure hose. <laughs> well, you got to get those dead cells off. <laughs> have you seen Have you seen the movie Gattaca? No, but I know about okay. it. Okay, there's just yeah. I don't remember a ton about it, but it's like this future where you're like, like they Ethan can, Hawk, you know, right? Yeah, and they can like identify you by the smallest whatever DNA, and like. He's trying to pass to somebody else because I think he has a heart defect that's affecting like what he wants to do. I can't remember the plot. Sorry, everyone who's seen Gattaca is now yelling at the podcast. But anyway, there's a scene where he's in the shower and he's just trying to scrub every cell off because if he drops any cells in the wrong place, he's effed. And I just oh. that's what this made me think of is like when he's like just trying to scrub down. Yeah, it doesn't work that way though. No, (laughs) well, no, and like in the movie, I know there's different scenes where like he's typing on a computer and he has to like clean his cells off the table. Anyway, so it's it's a constant battle. You can't really do that, which is why, yeah, not not a it's a dystopian future. Hmm. They also inject animal cells in themselves, so basically they're doing the Voronoff stuff. So Mm -hmm. they're using lamb embryo juice and putting it in people. So. Then they talk to one doctor who's like, well, we can't actually reverse aging, but most people just look and behave older than they are. So we're really just working to put them back into their right age. So, <laughs> which I'm like, look for life, baby. That's my secret cap. I'm always immature. So, <laughs> nice. But those darn mysteries of life, you know, they're just hard to figure out. But compelling new discoveries may be bringing us closer to understanding them. <gasps> We learned that in 1932, calorie restriction experiments nearly doubled the life expectancies of rats. The reason for this effect was then unknown. Then we get dramatic sci-fi music. And today at UC Berkeley, Dr. Paul Siegel lifts rats by their tails and has also greatly extended their lives. I don't think those two things are related. I think it's just we see him lifting a rat by his tail. Mm -hmm. He's extended their lives. So. It was actually a protein-restrictive diet, which had a profound impact on the chemistry of the brain. Certain chemicals in the brain control some of the processes of aging. And if human brains work similar to rat brains, well then, cue the music. We could be immortals. (laughs) But we do get the heartbeat sound effect. Mm -hmm. And for the first time, the mystery of why we age is being seriously challenged. Scientists in many fields are now making dramatic and far-reaching discoveries. <gasps> and they go to commercial. And we assume we're going to be talking about some of those discoveries when we come back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we come back and we learn that an average lifetime lasts 75 years. 
And Nick says that's about 2.4 billion heartbeats if you're using a 60 beat per minute baseline, which again is very low. I actually have a Fitbit on right now and I can tell you that my current heartbeat, hold on, let me scroll, 92 beats per minute. That's probably, but I was running around before we started recording. So I think that's probably Well, also, why. I mean, we're engaged in yeah. science right now. So it's going to be, it's I mean, exciting. they say like, they say like a base, <laughs> like a resting heart rate is like somewhere between like 50 and 70. Yeah. Mine's usually like 68, I think. Usually. But so, yeah. So using oh, 60 right here. as a. 63 is my resting heart rate, according okay, to Okay, yeah. So using 60 is, like, low as an average, because obviously your average needs to be higher than your resting rate, right? Unless right. you, like, spend part of your time dead. So, <laughs> anyway, I'm going to try and tell you, they didn't do good math on this episode. Well, and so. also the idea that you only have so many number of heartbeats is, like, not based in fact, and that's, like, what Donald Trump believes and stuff. So it's not how that works. It's not like you just have a finite number of beats and then it fails or whatever that's not what they're saying his limit is all as far as i'm concerned that's all i gotta say (laughs) yeah i mean i'm not gonna disagree with you yet in each of us lies the potential for near immortality if we could maintain the vitality we have at age 20 we would live for 800 years damn that's like bible shit yeah it's it's pretty crazy i have a theory about the bible stuff and why they're so well I think it's because, like, like they have, you know, the people live really long times in the Bible. And I think they might be using not solar years, but they might be using a lunar cycle as those oh. countings. And so that would, you know, I mean, it, it, it kind of worked to do the math. But anyway, it's the Bible, too, and it's all made up. So it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. At UCLA, Dr. Roy Walford is a fan of ancient Egypt. And has linked aging to our complex immune systems. Yeah. I'm guessing he's a fan. He's got a big old, like, Egyptian piece of art on the wall. So mm-hmm. He believes aging may not be a slow wearing out, but rather an active self-destruct process. He believes over time the immune system loses the ability to distinguish between the good guys and the bad guys and just takes them all out. Mm -hmm. Which, of course, paraphrasing. Nick wrote that, by the way. (laughs) Nick has some good writing in here. My notes are usually very dry. (laughs) Apparently, grabbing rats by the tail is a common practice. I don't know. It just looks... It doesn't look happy, but I don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. By suppressing the immune system of rats, their lifespans were greatly increased. Which, I see a problem there. Honestly, yeah, because they're in a we don't all live in a lab. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Go around suppressing immune systems. Maybe not. You know, that's actually a problem for people who have suppressed immune systems, and it shortens their life. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Walford also uses parabiosis, giving old mice the blood of the young. <gasps> and then we cut immediately to a new topic because that's just somewhere you don't want to go. <laughs> I guess. But they do show, like, they sewed two mice together? I know, I was going to say, like, they they sewed, like, a young mouse to an old mouse. So, basically, they have, like, a constant, like, their circulatory systems are connected. Yeah, they're they're like, yeah, they're, like, you know, conjoined twins, except for different ages. And one of them, I mean, the mice don't seem upset by it, but, like, that's pretty fucked up. Yeah. But, yeah, I just, like, like in practice, that's not going to work well, because then rich people are going to be buying the blood of young people and just injecting themselves with Oh, yeah. Or vampires. <gasps> well, I mean, 
vampires do stay young forever, but they're also yeah. technically dead. So mm. it's interesting. The dichotomy of the undead. Oh, I hate the undead. Always walking around <laughs> dead, but alive. <laughs> Scrape and lick. Dr. Leonard Hayflick has determined our cells can only divide about 50 times before they wear out and die. And I didn't fact check this. He believes extending our useful lives within a standard lifespan is definitely a possibility and is probable, but believes that increasing the absolute lifespan is very improbable. And he states that increasing time for the sake of increasing time is a folly. What's important is how that time is spent, right? <laughs> Quality over quantity. <laughs> yeah. And so when you wish for immortality, make sure you're very specific. Because if you haven't read or watched The Hunger, it ain't pretty if you just keep aging and can't die. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah. Them genies will get you. They'll, they'll, they, they will. That, yeah, you got to be They do that shit on specific. purpose. Make yeah. sure there are no loopholes in your wish. Be very cautious. Mm -hmm. And if you find a monkey's paw, just leave it. Leave it where you found it. Or bury it. If it's attached it to a monkey, the then sea. maybe you could keep it and oh. have a monkey butler. Yeah, but, well, that's true. Which, I mean, it's kind of enslaving a monkey, but that's, that's messed up, too. So, <laughs> Unless you pay them a wage. Pay them in, like, free, I don't know. Anyway, that's complicated. Anyway, we learn about cry, cry. Okay, so they say cryonics. I want to say cryogenics. When you look it up, both are used. Uh -huh. I don't know what the difference is. Um, I think they're maybe... just two terms for the same thing. Yeah. But we talked to a guy who basically gives us the wish lift of, like, in the future we'll be able to do this, and that shit ain't never going to happen. Because, like, he had, he's like, we have these people who are frozen, and the expectation is that in the future we'll be able to revive them and cure them of what they died from, repair the damage that freezing did to them, and they'll live long and happy lives. And I'm like, okay, yeah. Sure. Well, and mm -hmm. it's also like a woman who died. I think she was in her 70s and a guy who was like in his 60s, which is not old. I'm not saying it is, but like, no. it's also not like they died when they were like 20 and we want to give them the life they didn't get to have, you know. But we'll fix but, all that. It's That's fine. It's going to be the future. The future. But either way, that. that's never going to happen because their bodies are basically freezer burned meat. Yeah. Also, the woman who apparently was the first person, it said they both died on the same day. And so you think, it, I don't know. I looked into it a little bit. It's kind of confusing. But the woman, apparently, because they hadn't really done it before. So, like, a mortician just did the stuff and, like, did the, and so they're thinking she probably, and they've also been cases of people who, like, definitely did stuff and then their bodies were rotten when they opened them up and all that kind of stuff. And also, you have to maintain the body for all that time. It's not like you just put it in there and it's done. So, yeah. And then it's time to kill and freeze a hamster. Yay! Oh, my God. Can we talk about this? Because they euthanize the hamster, and then they freeze it, and then they revive it. And it's walking around. And they mentioned they have done this to this particular hamster five times, uh -huh. which is just fucking unhinged. And then, like, but see, the hamster is fine. The hamster does not look fine. It is incredibly no. twitchy. It is, yeah. like, walking sideways. It is not having a good time. And they're, like, smiling, and they put it back in the cage with the other hamsters, and it just looks so fucked up. And I'm like, oh, that poor baby. That poor yeah. baby. Yeah, it is a messed up fucking hamster. Yeah, it's all, yeah, twitching and just. Yeah, it's, yeah. and then they're just like, look, we brought it back, and that hamster is fucked up. It is not yeah, okay. Yeah, they need to talk to Dr. Uh, Hayflick about um, quality versus quantity a little bit there, because, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just right from the start, you're like, what's wrong with that hamster? Like, they're they're kind of, like, getting his attention, and it's all like, tuh, 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 tuh. you're like, um, I don't think it's supposed to move like that. Um, <laughs> Poor 
poor little yeah. thing. I used to have a hamster I loved so much. He was my best friend and he was so great. So it just made me kind of sad. Yeah, straight. And this is um, Dr. Paul Siegel again. So he's come back. He's the one who's doing the, the freezing and bringing hamsters back to life. And I looked up Dr. Paul Siegel. And we're going to get into this once we close this episode out. And strangely, this research does not come up when you look him up. And there is a reason for that, which I found out at the very, very end. But we'll, we'll talk about that. Is, uh, so this is something that has happened on another In Search of episode. Oh, um, so we'll talk about it. But anyway, it's narration time. Today, for some laboratory animals, the boundary between life and death are becoming less distinct. It may not be long before we ourselves can venture safely through death and return to catch at least a glimpse of immortality. Oh. And then we go to commercial, as we do, and we come back. Though aging and death may be what nature planned for us, science is at least unraveling some of the mysteries of growing old. The process is no longer beyond our understanding and is quickly becoming controllable. We may be on the way to realizing one of our fondest dreams, to live forever and never grow old, because we could be immortals, I -I immortals. Yeah, anyway, so, closing <laughs> credits. Yeah. Yep. It's over. So, let's talk about some cryonics and Dr. Paul Siegel. So, the Chronics tank shown in this episode has a label on it that says trans time. And the guy we talked to, I think, is just some technician. I didn't even bother looking him up because I'm like, I'm not going to find this guy. He's just some dude who works there. He didn't know anything, mm -hmm. really. Yeah. So, but the tank says trans time. So, two words. Well, trans time, now one word, is still operating, or at least their website is. The most recent copyright on the website is 2020, although most of the pages say 2016. According to a 2015 article on SFGate, quote, trans time says it has three people in its care after 40 years of operation. One of them is the company's founder, Paul Siegel, whose fortune continues to fund trans times operations. Huh. And it's spelled S-E-G-A-L-L. -L. And then the Paul Siegel that we've been talking about is S-I-E-G-E-L. Okay. I don't look it up. There's actually a lot of Paul Siegels, and then I found him, and it looks like he's actually then went to Virginia Tech. But yeah, it took a long time to figure it out because like some mathematic people, and there's this other guy, and I'm like, okay, there's another guy. But anyway, I found it. Looks good. Did like you know the comparison of like this guy's old and this guy's young? Do they look the same? Looked pretty much like the same dude. So I thought I was good. Well, I was like, huh. I wonder if one of those two bodies that are mentioned in the episode, because they say they have the two people, is actually this dude, this Paul Siegel guy who founded it. And also I was like, it's kind of crazy that his name is almost the same. Well, it turns out it's not almost the same. It is the same because that's the Paul Siegel that's in the episode, not the Paul Siegel that I looked up. Though oh. so I think it's actually probably Seagal and not Siegel. They have a bad time talking about names. So it's like that episode I looked up about the psychic lady and turned mm -hmm. out I looked up the wrong person the whole time, even though her story was really, so it's the same thing. I looked up all the stuff about this other guy who did like animal research and been doing it like for 60 years and all this stuff. And I'm like, it's crazy that like his like freezing like hamsters is not in any of his research that I've read. <laughs> and it's because it's the it's wrong not dude. The same dude. Yeah, it's the that's wrong hilarious. dude. Whoa, that's so funny. 
Yeah. And then when I looked at this guy and exactly spelled the same, there's a Paul Segal, Segal, whatever you want to say it, S-E-G-A-L-L, who is also a volcanologist at Stanford. And I'm like, oh. people need to stop having the same fucking name. Seriously. <laughs> And in search of, like, can you start putting names on the screen so we know who the fuck to spell these so I don't have to spend all this time looking up the wrong people? Man. I know. Anyway. A crayon would just save so much energy. Yeah, but it was before the crayon. This crayon mm-hmm. didn't exist. So, yeah. So, Serge Voronoff, I checked it out. He died in 1951 at age 85. I'm assuming he didn't inject himself with monkey balls, but don't know. <laughs> The Paul Siegel, that's the wrong Paul Siegel. I couldn't find out when he was born or if he's still alive. I think he's still alive. I couldn't find a death certificate. But anyway, he's got to be like at least 90 at this point because like his, he got his BS like in 1953 and his MS in 54 and his PhD in 56. And then I found an interview with him where they're talking about he's had 60 years of research work and this was in 2013. Okay. So he's got to be like 90 something if he's still alive, which is site on virginia tech is still like it doesn't say he's dead it says he's emeritus so he's retired but it doesn't say he died so i'm thinking he's still alive anyway, i couldn't find anything about him he's on wikipedia page or anything although he apparently has a ton of papers anyway the other paul siegel the real one he died in 2003 and he was either 60 or he was 59 depends on when his birthday is i couldn't get a birth date on him he was born in 1943 so okay. he died of an aneurysm though so Aww. that was kind of a sudden thing yeah um, but he also was frozen by his company so, and I have some articles about him and his company in the show notes. And then Roy Walford, he died in 2004 at age 79. And then Leonard Hayflick, he is still alive and he's currently 94. Nice. So, if anything, he's got it down. So, he's the one who's <laughs> like, hey, you know what? And it's funny because he even talks about how, like, what would be perfect would be if we had lives full of activity and vitality until age 100 and then at midnight, on your birthday, you just died. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll see if he lives to be 100 and if he dies at midnight. Anyway. Yeah, be cool so, for him. Yeah. Yeah, he seems to be the one that's locked in. He was at Stanford along with volcanologist Paul Siegel, apparently. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, names. Man, I was there were so many Paul Siegels. And then, of course, I didn't know how to spell it. And there's many ways to spell Siegel. If yeah. it is Siegel. I think this one is actually Seagal, but I could be wrong. I don't know. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, names. Names would help. In search of a lot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we could be immortals, but not I long. I guess so. <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah. I Want to Rewatch is hosted by Tori and Nick and recorded in collaboration with Black Cat and Orange Tuxedo Studios. Episode production, design, and editing is by Lazy End Productions. Our music is Dark Science by David Hillowitz, and The Truth is What We Make of It by The Agrarians. Our X-Files adjacent episodes are where we cover television and films that are, you guessed it, X-Files adjacent. If you like what we're doing, tell a friend. We'd be happy to have them join us. Speaking of which, be sure to join us next time. And together, we'll try to figure out if If the the truth truth is still still out there. there.